Fred Ricciani of TSC. I have right here via Skype a very special guest. He is the top long snapper in the National Football League, currently hmm. playing for the Indianapolis Colts, and they're looking to make another major playoff push in 2019. I'm talking to Luke Rhodes here on, uh, I believe, sunny Indianapolis. Sunny Indy, Fred. Glad to be here. Hey, happy happy to see you, man. Now, before we get into the Colts' expectations for 2019, you have been rising above expectations, and you are officially, at the time of recording this, the highest-paid long snapper in the league. And normally, when you're the highest-paid at your position, that means you're also the very best. So how does it feel to have that confidence from the Indianapolis Colts organization going into 2019? It's really indescribable. I mean, it's something that I've been working for – you know, since I made this transition from linebacker to long snapping and it really just shows me and like my family, the confidence that Indy and the coaches and the GM have in me and, and my abilities to be the long snapper in such a short period of time of doing it and um, being able to learn it and develop and grow. And I've had a lot of, you know, help along the way. So I'm really fortunate and God willing, we were able to get a deal done and make me the highest paid. So now, you know, it's time to get to work and, and be be the best in the league. For sure. And I would imagine when you when you go out with your wife, uh, dinner is usually on you then. <laughs> yeah, it is, usually. <laughs> now, you, you mentioned that you, you were previously a linebacker, and a lot of people may not know that. You may think you've just been a, a long snapper this whole time. But you transitioned to long snapper. Now you're a, you're a full-time long snapper. So when you initially made that transition – was it tough at first? Because long snappers is a pretty niche position. Definitely. I mean, it was, you know, it was a position that I used to make fun of when I was a linebacker. Like, you just long snap? Like, what are you doing? But when I, when Tom McMahon, our special teams coach, um, two years ago was like, hey, we want you to, to be the full-time snapper. So, you know, we're going to do this. And I was like, all right, like, let's give it a try. And he was confident in my abilities to block and to run and tackle. So that definitely helped. And he's like, we'll figure out the snapping part along the way. And I was always able to, you know, throw a spiral and kind of throw it back there. So learning the intricacies of laces on field goals and, you know, directional snaps and short and long snaps. And then, you know, I got a, a, a long snapper coach um, before last off season who really helped me with, you know, balance on the ball and grip and technique and throwing the ball with less effort more efficiently. So it was, you know, a combination of the coaches trusting me to learn the little parts and then teaching me the schemes and, and developing and learning all that. But it's been fun, and I really enjoyed it. You said you used to make fun of that position. Now you're at the top of your game in that position. Oh, well, yeah, I was, the, I was the Mike linebacker, so the specialists weren't, you know, high on my list. So, so what was the biggest misconception you had before you got into this role? It probably took Rigo Sanchez, uh, the punter. We both kind of were starting new things at the same time. He had never held on field goal. I had never snapped for field goal. And, like, the finding the laces. So when I snap it, he's got to be able to catch it so the laces are already pointing out because the timing is so, you know, you have 1.3 seconds from the time I snap it till Vinny kicks it on field goal. Just, like, those little – turns and stuff like that of the ball when I'm when I'm gripping it and holding it are things that I had never even thought about and you know knew about and then just the speed of the snaps punt and field goal and the accuracy and like how important it is 
for Rigo to catch the ball where he wants it to get it off or catch the ball where he wants it to put it down for a field goal. Um, all those little things were a little bit over over my head. So it was I thought you just threw a ball back there and he caught it and put it down. Yeah, and, and I, I forget the team off the top of my head. It might have been the Ravens. This was like a couple of seasons ago. Their long slap actually got injured in the game. It was Steelers. Oh, the Steelers, yeah. And I think it was the game where they had like three people like snap the ball because the other the backup got injured too. And you saw firsthand, I mean, literally, like it ain't an easy James job. James Harrison, he threw the ball over, the, over his head. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all. That was my biggest fear of my first game. Just don't throw it over his head. <laughs> What what what's the biggest snafu you've had as a long snapper? Uh, I mean, fortunately, so this is my second last year was my second full season doing it. I haven't had any go over his head or bounce back to him, but I've had a few where he's had to raise his hands up a little bit. Andrew Luck made an awesome comeback in 2018 after being out for a couple years with Armisu's shoulder issues. A lot of people thought he may not play play again. He won't be at the same level. And here you guys go. You make the playoffs. You eliminate the Houston Texans, which was just cra- crazy, you know, because they had been on a, a tear as well. And now you guys sure. are going into the 2019 season with some real major expectations. So how are you, Andrew Luck, and the rest of the team approaching this upcoming season? The feeling around the locker room is like, this is our season. Um, and that's spearheaded by Andrew, who came back from all of his injuries and all of his doubts and all the people wondering if he'll ever even be able to throw again and stuff and really put together, you know, statistically wise, his best season and, you know, his energy and, and his aura around the, the field and his command of the huddle and, you know, just everything about what he does leads this team and, you know, having him come back healthy and we got him a couple extra weapons now with the draft and a couple in free agency. We're excited. We're a young, long, fast offense and defense. And we had a really good OTA uh, turnout on the field. And, you know, this, our feeling is this is our year. So, you know, coming back after what we did last season, after our rough start, um, we're looking to just build off that and, and make a push. And for those that don't know, you actually were undrafted out of uh, William and Mary in, in 2016. And a lot of people in that position might have you know, thrown in a towel, said, oh, man, maybe I should fi- find a backup plan. You know, what the hell do I do next? You know, and, and, and basketball, I'm not saying it's easy when you're undrafted in basketball, but, you know, you could go play in China. You could go play in Europe or you know, sure. so, you know, somewhere around the world. Football, there's not as many, quote, unquote, feeder leagues or opportunities like that. So when you were unfortunately undrafted back in 2016, how were you able to dust yourself off and say, you know what, okay, I'm going to step up to play and get to the NFL? Yeah, so I went undrafted to Tampa Bay um, playing linebacker and you know, to me felt like I had a good preseason that preseason and it was cut on the final cuts um, of that preseason and then spent about five weeks on, you know, on the couch and never really – lost sight of the fact that I thought I could continue to play and I thought I could help a team. So I kind of just pushed a little harder with my trainer back home and, you know, got a couple tryouts. Unfortunately, one of my, one of the tryouts was here um, and got invited to come back to the practice squad and just really worked every single day on practice squad. I was playing fullback and linebacker and, you know, showing the special teams coach that I could snap the ball kind of and, really developing my special teams play so that if I get another chance, like I can play on special teams and, you know, make the squad that way. And it was really just never really doubting myself and trusting that, 
this is what I've been preparing for my whole life. And the next chance I get, I'm going to take advantage of it. And when I came for my tryout here, you know, they saw something they liked and gave me the chance. Of course, with free agency and just the NFL and any sport being a business, you know, guys don't always stick with one team. But I feel like the Indianapolis Colts over their history have a, a real history of having guys stick with the team for quite a long time, if not their whole careers. As somebody that ha- had the opportunity given to you by the Indianapolis Colts, obviously you earned it as well. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to be within that organization to have that kind of loyalty? Yeah, and I think they're another team that's had like 22 straight undrafted rookies make the first initial cut of 53 man, which is pretty cool. Um, They give a lot of undrafted guys a chance, but the tradition and the the legacy around Indianapolis Colt football is just like that. It's you look back at the the Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dwight Freeney teams, and they puts so much into their their building of the culture that they get the right people in the building and they keep them in the building and you know that was something that they mentioned to me when they re-signed me that you know they liked what I did on and off the field and just the people that they get in the building are those who are meant to be Colts and they like to keep them around and it's that's when you develop as a team and grow and you know get that bonding and that's that experience that you need to make runs in the playoffs and eventually win a Super Bowl. They like to keep players around, and you sure as hell like to keep trainers and, and weight equipment around. I was doing some research on the Google machine. Dude, <laughs> you are a beast, and and your wife isn't far behind. And I, I saw some of the videos of, of you guys training. What, what's kind of like a, a, week-to-week, a week-to-week routine for you guys as far as you know, training, dieting, and everything in order to maintain that top condition? Well, I'm sure she'd say the other way around that I'm trying to catch up to her, but... <laughs> Uh, that was, you know, one of the reasons that I was initially attracted to her, just her drive and her athleticism and all that. But, yeah, we just finished the gym in the garage um, just because that's what I love to do and that's what she loves to do. And, you know, it's just a week-to-week thing now. You know, we're working out at least every day, sometimes twice, and she's training for a uh, her first bikini competition show. So her diet's super extreme and um i kind of track my food more based on total calories and stuff like that but yeah my workouts are intense i have um a trainer and coach here who writes my programming outside of the colts so i can get a little extra stuff that i feel like i need um and and she's got her coach for her her preparation for her show so it's just a mutual pushing each other every day and you know me helping her with her diet and her trying to help me with mine and cooking food and we spend a lot of time cooking food and working out sounds like relationship goals <laughs> if we're not doing that we're fixing up something in the house or at the beach nice now before we let you go we have some quick hits some kind of rapid fire questions some some random ones for you you ready sure what are some pro tips when traveling and staying in indianapolis Pro tips, like things to do? Yep. Um, you got to get a steak. Harry Nizzi's in St. Elmo's downtown. Um, if you're coming around Memorial Day, obviously the Indy 500 and the concert they put on in the Snake Pit. Um, we have a Top Golf up here in Fishers. Um, hopefully the weather's nice. You can walk around the canal that inter- intertwines all downtown city. Um, and yeah, it's the, the big hitters. 
and see a Colts game if you're here in the in the fall. I, I like that tying in the, the the promotion with the team. For sure. <laughs> Who's the funniest guy in the Colts locker room? Probably Matthew Adams, linebacker. Do you have any stories about him that you're allowed to tell on the air? Um, you know, I don't get to see most of the, probably his funniest stuff, but just seeing him in special teams meetings, like when he walks in, you can hear him, you see him, you know he's there. Um, I don't have any too bad of stories that I couldn't tell you, but he's definitely just the funny guy in the room, and you know it. Do you, have any, do you have any Jim Mercy stories? When he gets up to tell a speech, you're just like sitting waiting to hear what he's going to say because it's usually something loud and something, you know, exciting. And, and then when he gives a speech, it's usually he loves the Colts and he loves everything about this city and he helps out the city financially and community-wise. And he's a good guy and, you know, he really cares about us as players and his coaches and everything. So we really like him. So if you weren't a football player, what would you have been? Uh, if I had never gotten a scholarship from out of high school, I would have joined the military. Um, probably gone to the Naval Academy or something like that if I could get into school or if not enlist in the Marines or or something like that. How long did it take you to grow the beard and maintain it? I had just trimmed it, actually, um, but I think I cut it. Shortly after the season, and then I haven't cut it really since about last week, or before last week. But I usually kind of cut it down at the beginning of the season and let it grow all season. You have some great teammates, but who's the best player you feel like you've played against? Played against in the NFL? Yeah. Or it could be college, too. Maybe somebody that was under the radar that for whatever reason didn't make it. Like, who's somebody you played against? You're like, wow, like that guy is, is on another level. I'd have to say in college, because when I was playing linebacker, you know, playing against skill position guys, you get more of a feel of it than long snapper. But um, going to an FCS school, we played against Terrence West when he was at Towson for three years, and he was just like a freak. He just – he was too good for our league almost. And I'll get you out of here on this. What's the best piece of advice you could give anybody looking to have a pro career? Uh, probably don't let – you um, I think the word don't let someone telling you no be the end of your own goals and stuff. Like I've been told no a bunch, and I'm sure almost everybody across the league at some point has been told no or been cut or something and you know found a way to keep fighting and pushing if that's your goal. Thank you so much for your time, man. You guys could follow him online on Twitter. Him online on Twitter. Him 